Hello, hello. Welcome to the very first New York Sports Junkies podcast. This podcast will be updated every Monday, uh, so all I gotta say is sit tight, stay tuned. Um, we'll be covering every angle of New York sports inside the city, a little bit of out. Um, so that's about it. Now, let's get started. Uh, the New York Giants. Last week, the Giants lost 13-31 to the Cincinnati Bengals. And one of the worst, absolute worst offensive showing I've seen this team put up in a while. It was pretty bad. Okay, they lost to a Bengal team that, frankly, is not very good. Um, this whole week, all anyone on Sports Talk wanted to talk about was, oh, the the bad stretch of Tom Coughlin is coming, the second, the second stretch. Because historically, yes, with Eli Manning, Tom Coughlin has had bad stretches, but in the second half. But um, to me, that's all myth. Okay, uh, here it is for the taking. The Giants have something to do, um, have a chance to do something that the Jets will never have a chance to do, and that is they can make the media shut up. Uh, if they can beat Green Bay on Sunday, then they can make everyone on the city go back on their side. Uh, the key to this game to me is the pass rush. It's a no-brainer that Eli can... Just Eli can throw up points against the Green Bay defense. It's it's they're not that great. What Aaron Rodgers with his offensive line, um, you can definitely see holes and the pass rush. If the pass rush can get to him consistently, then I think you can see uh, the Giants winning this game. Even though Green Bay usually has too much firepower for them. Uh, I picked the Packers to win, but um, if they can follow that to a T, then definitely. Now, on to uh, the Jets. The dreaded Jets. The goddamned New York Jets. Okay. It seems every other week I ask myself, can this team, sincerely, can they get any worse? Every time they, they fool me with a, an okay win. But then I ask myself again. Uh, and I asked myself this question yesterday after Thanksgiving dinner. Turned on the radio, ESPN 98.7. And once again, they answered the question for me with a emphatic yes. Yes. Yes, we can. We can be worse. Back to back to back turnovers led to three touchdowns in 52 seconds 52 seconds Brandon Moore oh, okay let's get started Sean Green fumble the ball on a fourth and one Pats ran in for a touchdown Mark Sanchez runs into his teammate Brandon Moore Pats run in for a touchdown after he fumbles that Joe McKnight drops the ball. Pat's running for a touchdown. Uh, it's, it was it was disgusting. Okay, and I just need to get this off my chest. I'm done. I am done with Mark Sanchez. Okay, I'm completely 100% finished with all of it. All right, Mart Matt Barkley. We should just go for him. We should just go for him. Uh, trade up in the draft. His draft value is dropped. He's not going to be the number one pick anymore. The Jets should go for Matt Barkley. It's crazy. 
But that's what they should do. This team, no one on the offense scares you. No, Bilal Powell, no. Sean Green, no. Jeremy Curley, no. Stephen Hill, no. Mark Sanchez, oh, oh yeah. No one on this team scares anyone in the NFL. No one, okay? The Jets need to make some changes. And yes, you could fire Mike Tannenbaum, but what's that going to do? Actually, yeah, fire Mike Tannenbaum. Go for it, actually. I don't even care. Okay, uh, let's try to move on to something a little more positive. Rutgers football. The Rutgers Scarlet Knight are very close to bringing the Big East title back to Jersey. Um, they're also moving to the Big Ten for big cash. Let's not lie to ourselves. That's the exact reason why. I wish this Rutgers uh, club, uh, this college program, much, much success, okay? Two reasons. First of all, they are the best chance for New York to get a real college football team, that real college football experience where you're just emphatically rooting. When I tune into Arkansas Radio through the ESPN radio app, I hear the passion of the fans. I, it's different from just a regular sports team. Like They are truly the pulse of that town. And Rutgers, Rutgers can bring that back. Syracuse can. Syracuse has been mediocre for a decade. They can't bring that back. Okay. Stony Brook is in the FCS. They can't bring that back. U Albany's in the FCS. They can't bring that back. Rutgers is the only one that could bring that to New York and New Jersey. Some New Yorkers feel that Notre Dame is a New York team because they play in Yankee Stadium every once in a while. No, Rutgers. Rutgers is New York football. New Jersey football. That's also another reason I feel bad. Because we sort of stole one of their two legitimate NFL teams. When you really come down and look at NFL teams. <laughs> uh, our NFL teams are in that city. But New Jersey Nets are now the Brooklyn Nets. And there's no denying that. Um, I wish that Rutgers can truly, truly like just... Bring success to that city. Bring a pulse to that city. You know. Give them something great to root for. Now, uh, on to Stony Brook. I mentioned them before. They are in the playoffs this weekend versus Villanova. That's very interesting. Um, Stony Brook versus Villanova. FCS playoffs. Um, this is Stony Brook's second straight year going there. Villanova was not there last year. They had an abysmal year last year. Barely even light years away from 500. I know that. Um, also, after this, whether Stormbrook season ends or not, they will be moving to the CAA next year. I don't know if you guys know that, along with their arch-rival Albany. Those are the two teams confirmed to go moving to that conference. Um, I think that's good. It's good. It's very good because, um, when you look at it, the CAA has the best chance of moving to the FBS. Even if that's 10, 15 years down the line, they have the best chance. That's the premier conference of the SCS division. Now, on to some PSEL varsity football. Now, um, just last week, the Abraham Lincoln Rail Splitters beat the Port Richmond Red Raiders 34-28. to Now, this, this was a really exciting game. It was a last-minute touchdown that decided this. I originally picked um, Thomas Jefferson, the Orange Wave, to win the PSAL title, but 
no, I, I got to say, it's really looking like it's going to be Abraham Lincoln again now. Obviously, Thomas Jefferson got knocked down the first round through a surprise knockout, but uh, Abraham Lincoln looks like they're going to take the title, go to Yankee Stadium again. They're looking really exciting. They're going to have another game this week. I, I'm i telling you, looking, uh, it's going to be an exciting game. I think they're going to take it all. So if you're Abraham Lincoln, if you're a real splitter fan, then uh, tune in definitely. Now on to some baseball. The New York Mets. New York Mets made a couple moves this week, signed a couple minor league deals. They have Brian Bixler, uh, batting 193, two home runs, seven RBIs. Uh, you got this left-hander, Scott Rice, and a right-hander, Carlos Torres, sporting a 5.26 ERA. You got Jamie Hoffman to a minor league deal, uh, 254, 11 home runs, 44 RBIs, 366 at-bats. And he also got Juanel Mesa, a uh, relief pitcher, you know. Uh, last time he pitched actually was in 2010. Um, I want you guys to know, uh, please, please, please do not put any stock at all into any of these players. They're just little moves that Sandy's trying to make to make the fans feel better. But if they ever made it, I would... I just don't think they're going to make it. They're not going to make an impact on this team. Also, another news, the Binghamton Mets are moving to A. Very exciting. Uh, the Binghamton Mets are moving to Ottawa, is what I meant to say. Ottawa in Canada. Uh, I don't get this move. First of all, Binghamton is the most boring place in the world. Um, having a double-A team gave it a purpose, in a way. I'm sorry if anyone's listening from Binghamton, but it's the truth. Um, and also having them from Ottawa, it's just farther. Why would you want your team to be, like, farther? You want them close so you could bring them in easier when you want to, you know, bring them uh, minor league or up to the majors quickly. Um, it's just like when they moved the trip, they announced that they're moving the Buffalo Bisons uh, AAA team to Las Vegas. Why would, Why do you want them that far? It's just going to make it harder on you, man. So I do not like this move by the Mets. And speaking of move I do not like by the Mets, I am a Mets fan, but... This pissed me off. $63 for opening day ticket prices. Okay, 63 I don't even know if Yankee Stadium's that much for some tickets. Like for, for nosebleeds. That is ridiculous. Okay? And they, the Mets came out. They said it, they wanted Tice Wheel to buy multi-package tickets, fill the stadium more. But that doesn't justify $63. That is bad. It's just bad. You shouldn't be charging the fans that much, especially when you're not putting out a quality product on the field night in and night out. You can't do that. You just can't do that. Also, I thought this was pretty funny. Yesterday, um, the Mets put up a Happy Thanksgiving picture, and everyone was just like, they just ignored it. <laughs> they liked the picture, but everyone on Facebook was commenting, oh, resign Dickie, resign right, resign Dickie, resign right. And, you know, that's the attitude that these fans need to have. This this ownership needs to bring quality. They need to put quality on the field. And right now they're not doing that. Uh, okay. Not to the Yankees. Um, recently, Joe Girardi was uh, the Yankee manager. was quoted saying about Derek Jeter, he's still basically non-weight-bearing. I believe so. I really believe it might be a little bit of a push um, for him to be there in the season opener. Um, he then went on to say, but I believe he'll find a way to get ready for the season. 
you spend all year playing and you look forward to the off season to be able to relax and do some uh, some of the things you want to do. And he's not going to have that this year because of a lot of rehab. So I'm sure from that standpoint, it's a little bit frustrating. But Derek always finds a way to deal with what he's going through. Um, Basically, what this means in the media saying, will Derek Jeter be back for 2013 at the beginning of the season? Uh, right now, it's looking like not. But um, you shouldn't really worry about it. They they actually give him a lot of rest in the opening month anyway. So um, don't worry too much about it, Yankee fans. It's not the biggest deal in the world. What is a bigger deal is Hiroki Kawada, Um signed to a one-year deal by the Yankees for $15 million. Perfect. The Yankee fans are holding their breath. They were waiting for a big move. Okay, And this was a very important move. Solidifies their starting roster a little bit. Um Makes it a lot better. They're still waiting on Mo, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit. See if they're coming back to pitch. But this was very, very important. It also helps the Yankees get to that oh-so-important $189 million. So they get a little chang, chang, chang back. So yeah, this is very, very, very important for the Yankees. And I'm really happy for them, actually. Mm, let me not say that. I'm a Mets fan. What the heck am I saying? Okay, moving on. Basketball. New York Knicks. 8-2. and two. Oh my gosh, you can argue that these guys are the best team in New York right now. You really, really can. Granted, the season is very early. It's very young. The one thing I feel is that uh, they're just playing great. Great all-around team basketball. They're committing to defense. Carmelo's doing his thing. Everyone's doing what they have to do to get this team running. Raymond Felton has come back with a vengeance. He was mad. He was angry when people said, Hey, I you can't do this. You're fat. Basically. But he has. He's come back, and he's been playing great with the team. The one thing I have to say is that they need to stop relying on the three so much. They're, you live and die by the sword, and you live and die by the three-pointer, okay? They need to just set up a little bit more. I, I get worried because there's going to be some nights where those threes aren't going down, and that's a fact. And when what are they going to do when that happens? So I'm not saying they're they're like so, so, like relying on the three but they should tone it down a little bit <laughs> that's all i'm saying now uh, another news uh amar studemeyer you know um i think it's very important that this club continues to do well it's very 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 important because if amar comes back and the team is not doing well guess what he has more say he could say hey you guys need me in that starting lineup but no where we need amar is on the bench to solidify that uh second unit because right now this first unit is just doing great but if they're not doing great when he comes back, he has more say. If they keep on doing their thing, if they keep they, this team needs to keep on winning games. So when Amar Stoudemire comes back in December, maybe January, they say, hey, we need you on the bench. That's where we need you. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. We don't need you anywhere else. Okay. Amari and Carmelo do not work well together, and that's a fact. They both stand around waiting for the ball. And he needs to commit to defense now. He does. <sighs> Sorry about that, guys. Anyway, in bigger news today, the Jeremy Lin Classic is what I have dubbed tonight's game against the Houston Rockets at Madison Square Garden. Don't quote me on that. Um, Lin Sanity, God, that was... <laughs> it was amazing last year. I still remember the game-winning three call on uh, ESPN Radio. 20,000 standing in Toronto. Lin steps up. Fires a three. It, it, what he brought to the city last year cannot be marked. Um... Uh, 
it's something, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I remember Bill Daughtry just said, just enjoy these games. Because little did we know, hey, it didn't even last that long. So, um, what he brought to the garden was just pure electric. It was electric. And now, look at him. He's on the Houston Rockets. He had he got a big contract, averaging 10 points, uh, I believe, like 6 assists. 6.33, I believe. Uh, like 4-something rebounds. He's not doing great, but... um. It'll be interesting when he comes back. Um, now you guys see like they have Lynn versus Felton. You know, got that matchup. Uh, yeah, so have Harden versus Carmelo. Maybe, possibly. I don't know. Maybe. Um, definitely the best game tonight. I I think uh, the Brooklyn Knights. The uh, Brooklyn Nets are also playing. Uh, when you look at the Nets, it's it's funny. It's not funny. It's kind of kind of messed up in a way they're playing really good basketball but they're barely getting any airtime at all when you really think about it um and that's just because the knicks have gone to a tremendous start and there's no denying that uh tonight this team is playing a very very good clipper squad um they have and what i want to see it's kind of like every time with these nets now that they're all new in brooklyn and everything it's like every time's a test can they do this can they do that and i want what i want to see from them today is can they use home field advantage to bounce back and avoid a losing streak cuz now they're back in brooklyn and they have lost two straight so can they use can can they use the Barclays Center as their big home field advantage. Can they get this win against a very, very good Clipper squad? And also, if you ask me, um, the the Clippers squad is mostly, it's, when you look at it, it's kind of trash. When you get to their bench, at least. Um, it's just not very good. I'm sorry, they don't have a great bench. That's what it comes down to. Um... So I think if the Nets bench can outplay the Clippers bench, that'll make a significant impact on this game. Also, when you look at Darren Williams versus Chris Paul, that's going to be a very good matchup, I believe. Though I think uh, Darren Williams will. I, it's just he's bigger. I mean, I don't really. I think Darren Williams will will uh, win the matchup. Though Chris Paul is a very very good defensive point guard. He's he's he really sticks to his man. Now uh, on to some NCAA basketball. Uh. I'm not going to lie, it's a little too early. I've watched like half a game of college basketball so far. But still, yeah, some really good teams. Um, There are, I consider, like seven teams in the area doing very, very well. Uh, Syracuse Orange, number six team in the nation uh, right now. They're 3-0. St. John's Red Storm, that's the New York City's team right there. Playing Queens, the Garden, they're 3-2. Rutgers, Scarlet Knights, 3-1. Stony Brook Seawolves, 3-1. UAlbany, Great Danes, 4-2. Fordham Rams one and four. Sorry, Michael K. LIU Blackbirds, Brooklyn Blackbirds, uh, oh and three. So, not the greatest in the world, but <laughs> we have five winning teams. So, if you're in the area for any of them, I definitely suggest you go check them out. Uh, PSAL basketball. PSAL basketball has yet to get started, but uh, Curtis High School, um, senior player has seen Martin has committed to Rhode Island. Uh, Division One basketball squad. Uh, last year, Martin averaged a little over twelve points and ten rebounds, and he's been great for his um his uh non-academic uh, team. 
He's been really good, and he's definitely got the attention. He says he wants to rebuild this squad. He says he wants to become a powerhouse. So he's definitely ready to make that commitment. And uh, six foot seven, great rebounder. This kid is something special. So look out for him this year if you live on Staten Island. I know you guys always feel stinted in a way. Uh, Jacqueen Lynch, yeah. Uh, I have like these three players lined up for you guys right here. Uh, the Daily News released um, a paper about these players that you should look out for this year in uh, PSEL varsity basketball. One is Thomas Jefferson guard. He's a senior, Jacqueen Lynch. The other one is Terrence Samuel, uh, South Shore guard. He made varsity in his freshman year. That's really impressive. Uh, he has turned South Shore into one of the top teams in the city. Last year, dished out 4.8 assists, and he's already committed to UConn. So you know, you know this kid is here to play. All right. Now, the number one kid, he's only a junior, so you know he's talented. Um, he's a guard, he's Abraham Lincoln, Isaiah Whitehead. Keep that name in mind, really. Um, probably going to be one of the, the really good talents to come out of uh, the city. Um, he made it to semifinals appearance before. He's led this team to playoff success before. Um, so, yeah, Isaiah Whitehead, Terrence, Terrence Samuel, and Jaqueen Lynch. Look out for those three. Really good players. On some hockey, um, bad news for you NHL fans. Uh, the NHL just canceled all games through December 14th, including All-Star Weekend. And to me, this is just a joke, okay? The NHL is not the NBA, and they're doing the exact same thing they did. If they're expecting fans to come back like it's nothing, it's it's just sad, pitiful. They're losing money. They're not in a position to make these sort of moves. They need to have, especially after last season, where they had that very, 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 very successful postseason ratings on TV. But I don't know what they're doing, to be honest. I know the players made another proposal to them, but we'll see where this goes. I'm thinking maybe a 50-game season. That's what I was thinking, but now I'm not even sure. If they have another season canceled, it's horrible. This is just... It's horrible for them. I'm sorry. And now we got... um, And some (laughs) lighter news. You have the Frozen Apple game, Okay. November 24, 2012, Cornell versus Michigan. Um, if you're a hockey fan, I definitely suggest you go. It's in Madison Square Garden. The guards looking beautiful. Get away for a little bit. Tickets aren't too expensive. Just go enjoy yourself. All right? Now, some soccer. New York Red Bulls. Um, New York Red Bulls made some big moves this week. All right? They decided to not pick up 10 players' um, contracts, actually. For forward, you got Jose Angelo, Gianni Artiga, uh, Corey Hertzog in the midfield. You got Soli, actually. I was actually pretty surprised about Timo Tanio. I was surprised about that, too. Jonathan for defender, Jonathan Bereja, uh, Stefan Keel, Tyler Rootvan, um, and the goalkeepers. They cut two of their four goalkeepers, but Bill Gaudet, Jeremy Volo. Um, Jeremy Volo was battling for the starting goalkeeper position, if you remember, with uh, Ryan Mira, the, the kid out of Fordham. But um, even when they had a chance, uh, Hans Baca just said he was not MLS ready. And Bill Goddett, he was he played good. He played good, solid soccer, and he made some big saves for this club. But Luis Robles, when Bill Goddett was injured, he stepped up and he made bigger plays, especially in the playoffs. Even though Red Bull stepped out fairly early, I think Luis Robles and Ryan Mirror are all they need at goalkeeper, to be honest. And I'm okay for the most part with these cuts. What I'm mostly concerned about is. Um, Will they cut Rafa Marquez? Because that's what the friends want, the fans want. And um, will they bring back Joel and Pear? A very important part of the squad. 
Um, also, Andy Roxburg is now for uh, he is the former UEFA technical director. Uh, he's now the sporting director for the New York Red Bulls. He also mentioned that he wants to put more of a domestic focus on this squad, um, which I think is great. To be honest, with all this international talent, yes, we want this Red Bull squad to be one that's marked down in MLS history, going down as a really amazing team and one of the best clubs in the world. But with all this international talent, you're bringing more and more ego. And with that brings more and more pressure to find a coach that's beyond great. And one that can like just call out Thierry Henry and say, hey, you're not doing well and you need to pick it up because you're the star of this team. And the Red Bulls don't have that. Well, they haven't had it with Hans Baca, at the very least. And we'll see what they bring in. But I do think it's important that they do have, you know, a more domestic focus. I actually have a piece about this on nysportjunkies.com if you guys want to check it out. Now, um, closing out the podcast with some PSAL soccer. MLK Jr. won its 14th PSAL title in 20 years. Uh, Tariq Beckless. This team was full with studs. I'm so serious. Um, they have Tariq Beckless. Uh, he was on the U15 U.S. National Team squad, the under-15 squad. Uh, he practiced with them. I think he went to Italy with them. And this team had a very impressive final. Uh, they had the coach Martin Jacobson, the MLK Junior coach. He had to make a tactical decision. He what he needed to do when they were versing Aviation in the final. He had to move one of his players from right back um, defense to a striker. The kid Ibrahim Lakanabo Lakanabo usually plays striker, but um, the thing is he was playing defense at that time, and they weren't getting any uh, offense at all from the players. So he moved him. And it paid off. Ten minutes later, he scored, and then they scored against in the 70th minute. They beat Aviation 2-zip. This is a dynasty that just keeps on growing. Best soccer team in New York. One of the best teams in the nation. Um, So, that's that. Uh, And that does it for this edition of the NY Sport Junkies podcast. Uh, Look out for our next edition, December 3rd, 2012. If you have any questions or comments, I suggest just going at clifford.michelle at nysportjunkies.com. Or you could just go on nysportjunkies.com and click the contact us button. If you want to read some of our articles, just go on the Junkies blog. Till then, see you later, guys.